Capital gains are a good thing. That means you invested some money in something and it went up in value and then you sold it. And when you sell it, the IRS wants tax on those gains. Today, we're going to discuss how you can have those gains and pay zero tax. What you are about to hear is a fun and educational show about financial issues. Join Dan Wendell and his co-host, Tony, as they explore topics related to retirement planning. No matter how close you are to retirement, it's time to listen to another episode of Dolphin Financial Radio. Hello and welcome to another Dolphin Financial Radio show with me, Dan Wendell, owner of the Dolphin Financial Group. Alongside me is Tony Shore. Happy New Year, Tony. This is our first show in 2020. How do you wow. feel about that? 2020. Well, first of all, I never thought I'd live this long. Uh, me neither. <laughs> I mean, I knew I would live this long, but I didn't think you would. Oh, yeah, that's funny. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm going to live forever. We all know that. But um, wow, 2020. Time flies when you're having fun. I just it seems like just yesterday it was 2017 and now it's 2020. What happened? Uh, good question. You started doing a podcast with me and the years have flown by. <laughs> they have flown by. It's been, it's been a fun ride, hasn't it? That has. I put, uh, and I hope you had a good holiday. I put the old one we did on holiday, Chris, uh, classic movies. Oh yeah. Um, the lessons, financial lessons learned. Yeah. So. That replayed last week. We did a kind of a, uh, a redo of that one. I, that is one of my favorite shows we've ever done. See, and so now we're going to do something boring to offset the good times of that. <laughs> and we're going to start off the new year with a bang talking about avoiding tax. Well, you know, since this is the new year's show, I, I, I will get to the, your boring capital gains tax discussion. But since it is the new year show, um, isn't old Lang Syne kind of a, a new year's song? It so is. we could play the Dan Fogelberg song. Um. Uh you, you know that one? No, <laughs> I don't. Should I? Well, it was a big hit. You'd know it. Uh, I'd know it if I heard it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in parentheses, it's "Old Lang Syne," but I can't think of the whole title. It's an original. It's not the song "Old Lang Syne." It's kind of a song about that. But anyway, um, back to taxes. Back to the exciting stuff. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to. Boy, you know the show's bad when I'm trying to bring excitement into it by bringing up Dan Fogelberg. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I'll add a little bit of excitement by saying, before we get too far into this, we need to have one of my kids do a quick disclaimer. Let's put him on right now to start off the new year. Dan Wendell or Dolphin Financial Group do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. This podcast is informational purposes only and is not in, intended to provide tax or accounting advice. Okay, so that was my boy Zachary talking about how I am not going to give tax advice, but what we are going to do is talk about capital gains, which is a tax issue. So before we get into it, Tony, do you even know what a capital gain is? I'm not asking if you've ever experienced one. I'm just asking if you know what they are. Capital gains tax? Yeah, that's yeah. tax on the interest you earn on your investments. Or and the sale. So it's not necessarily interest. It's actual, if you, it could be anything, stock, art, jewelry. Could it be if real you estate? buy it real for a hundred dollars and sell it for $300, That's you a have a $200 gain. 
capital gain. Oh, okay, I get it. Okay. And it could be on anything, like I said. And what a lot of people do and what I do for certain clients, this is, this is by the way, nothing to do with an IRA. If you have capital gains in an IRA, it doesn't matter because IRAs are taxed as ordinary income no matter what. We're talking about non-IRA assets here that you're investing and getting a gain. So a lot of the most common capital gain that I see with my clients is a sale of a, a house, um, not their primary house, a rental house or an investment property. So they'll have a gain on that. Um, but the other biggie is stocks. So people will buy a stock for 20 bucks, sell it for 25 and they have a $5 gain. And the government wants their revenue to come off of that gain. So what a lot of people do is they offset the gains with the losses. You hear of tax loss harvesting, Tony? You ever hear that term? Uh, I've heard somebody mention tax loss harvesting. But I do not know what it means. That's what do you why envision? You're... What What is your mental image of a tax loss harvester? Do they have like a like a <laughs> overalls on? Are they like? <laughs> no, I think it's. Um, I think harvesting tax losses, taking advantage of lowering taxes or making money by not paying taxes. I don't know. Come on. You you grew up in the Midwest. You got to have a better image of tax loss harvesting. <laughs> well, harvesting means to collect. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in in the case of tax loss harvesting, we're talking about um let's say you have sold throughout the year buy and sell stocks and you sold you you made one investment where you lost $6,000 and then in another investment that same year you you made 10,000. So what you could do is you can offset these and you can have the $6,000 loss go against your 10,000 gain. So you truly only have a gain of 4,000. So tax loss harvesting is selling some winners to match the losers and so forth to make sure, try and get your tax liability down to zero. And people do that all the time. And that's short-term tax loss harvesting. But we're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about long-term. Before I get into it, what is short-term versus long-term? Short-term gains if you hold something for less than a year. Long-term, 366 days or more. And we're not talking calendar year. A lot of people get confused on that. Oh, I, I sold this. I, I have to make a sale. Oh my God, why are you doing this show in January? It would have been better to tell me to sell it in December. It doesn't work <laughs> that way. Um, that's different. Um, you want to hold it for 366 days, not within the calendar years. So right, you can sell right. something in January and have a long-term gain. Sure. So, so over a about, year, if you hold something for over one year or 12 months, mm -hmm. then it's long-term. If, if it's 12 months or less, it's short-term. And that's why some of the money managers I work with, they'll design a product to hold it for, you'll see it, it's 366 days or 370 days. And they'll have that in, in, in the prospectus or the, the offering and say, and, and people will sometimes ask me, why, why did they put that in there? Like, why does it have to say 368 days or whatever? And the reason being is because they're trying to, they're, they're showing you that this is going to be a long-term capital gain. So if there is a gain, you're going to pay a different tax rate. And the importance is short-term. If you have a short-term gain less than a year, you're paying ordinary income tax, whatever your ordinary income tax bracket is. If you have a long-term capital gain, then you're paying different tax rates. So that's what we want to focus on. Mm. 
And it's important to know because people are like, well, what does that mean? So if a long-term capital gain, because short, a short-term gain is ordinary income tax. We know ordinary income tax rates are 10%, 12, 22, 24, you know, these tax brackets. So you could, you could have a short-term gain and pay 24% tax on it. But if it's a long-term gain, you might pay nothing on it. So the tax rate for long-term gains goes from zero to 20. So the highest is 20, which is much better than a 24 or 32 or a 37 percent tax all right so let's let's oh and one little point before we move on from short term you can carry off carry forward losses so tony if you you know how you um, invested in that donut shop that never got (laughs) off the ground well it was going well until some i don't know why the inventory kept disappearing i don't know what happened yeah uh, that's i was in the back and somehow the inventory disappeared (laughs) <laughs> well, you had some losses, right? Let's say you had, yeah, uh, had 20,000 20, in losses and, <laughs> and you can only, you know, offset, you know, five of them. So you have 15 in losses. What do you do? You can carry those forward. And every year you can write off 3000. So you can carry that forward for the next five years as a very, very vivid reminder of how badly you lost money in the donut shop. Every year you can write off 3000. <laughs> So let's let's focus on how to not pay taxes, okay? Because we don't need to we don't need to go into too, too much depth here because it's very simple. Long term gains. The key is understanding the tax brackets. So let's let's just focus on a married couple because there's there's different rates for a single versus a married couple. So we'll just do married couple. Married couple. What would you guess, Tony? Would be the maximum income a married couple could have and have zero percent capital gains tax rate, meaning how much could they possibly make and if they have a gain, pay zero. Um, isn't it like something like a hundred thousand? <laughs> Pretty good. It's eighty thousand. So eighty thousand. All right. If an if a married couple makes below eighty thousand dollars taxable income, they don't pay any capital gains tax. Mm. So if they sell uh, a $10,000 stock that they got for a zero because they inherited it at zero or something, or they bought it when an IPO'd, they don't pay any tax on that 10,000 mm. gain. Wow. I thought that amount went up with the Trump tax laws that were enacted to like a hundred or over a hundred thousand, but no, it is still the, 80. So, so, but here it, it did go up. They raised the amount of money you can make and pay zero on it on capital gains. Um, which, by the way, with the this could very well change during the election because sure. the oh yeah the the Democratic candidates are looking to switch this around and and increase the capital gains um, taxes. But l- let's let's focus on this eighty thousand. What does that mean? It's taxable income. So, what is taxable income? You have deductions. You know how um, Trump raised the standard deduction. He basically doubled it. So for a married couple. The standard deduction in 2020 is 24,800. So that means you could take 24,800 off your income and then it looks and says, all right, are you below 80? Ah, so okay. theoretically, you can have 24,800 plus 80 is $104,800. There you go. That's what I was, that's income. the number I was, I had really? heard about. Yeah, see? You, you got there. I took the scenic route. You went yeah. straight there. <laughs> That's true, but I'm glad you clarified that's that is only after the that deduction for married right. couples. Yeah, yeah. So, so a married couple making a hundred thousand dollars could could have a capital gain tax. They they have a capital gain gain capital gain tax bracket of zero. So 
a lot of people have stock that they bought or long time ago, or their spouse used to work for a company and they got stock and they and just never did anything with it. And so they inherited it from grandma, whatever it was, they said, Oh, I'm not selling this. And, and the main reason why people say they don't want to sell it is because it's worth too much, meaning the gain is too high. And they say, well, we could donate to charity and write that off. You can, but if your income is such that you can sell it and make and pay 0% tax, that's the time to do it versus the ordinary income tax rate of 10, 12, 22, 24%. So this is a very strategic thing to do. And it only applies to people that have capital gains. Right. So not obviously, everyone, you know, yeah. you might be listening saying, I don't even know. I don't never had a capital gain in my life. Why am I listening? Well, because you like Tony and Dan, we have good stuff to say. Well, and, but, and, and there is a people who say, well, I don't have capital gain. I don't ever worry about that. I'm not in that category of super rich that have capital gains. But, you know, average middle class people uh, like myself have capital gains from time to time. And as you head to retirement, you're probably going to have capital gains on all those investments that you've had building up for retirement. Absolutely. Or should and have. Right? right. You know, if even if you, you know, oh, I have this little trading account, you know, and I put 5000 in there um, just to play with. And now it's worth 10. Well, there's 5000 capital gains. Why pay any tax on it if you don't have to? Oh, yeah. So you have to be strategic about it. Right. And that's where you come in. And I want to point out uh, the CNBC article that you and I were looking at about this that you pointed out to me. uh, On CNBC, they had an an article, these taxpayers can cash in their investments with zero capital gains taxes. And it talks about it, but it also says, um, uh, I'm trying to find this part. Uh, It said you need to um, make sure that you work with a professional. Don't go it alone, it says. Uh, work with a financial advisor uh, and, a, and a CPA. So yeah, it says the path to tax-free gains is plenty of landmines for the uninitiated, so don't go it alone. You can save a lot of money if you work with a trusted financial advisor or CPA. And I think that is huge and I'm not just doing that to plug you, Dan. I mean, obviously, if listeners want to find another a fiduciary who they know is going to look out for their best interests and understands this, uh, great. But I know there are a lot of so-called financial planners out there who just want to, they either just want to invest all your money in a fund so they can make money off that fund, or they just want to sell you a variable annuity. And they're not really looking to work out all the math and the strategies to save you money looking at the big picture, which is what you do, correct? That's it. And that's a biggie, Tony. Like I, I've run into a lot of people that, oh, I just moved from New York and I met this new guy down here and I moved everything there. And the first thing they did was sell everything because they have a new strategy and I like their strategy better than I had up in New York. So I sold everything and all boom, they get hit with a huge tax Yeah, because they didn't factor it in. That's capital gains right there. Right. And, and by the way, there, you have to watch out for state tax. We're just talking about federal tax. And I just talk about federal tax and I don't worry about state tax because we live in sunny Florida. So we don't have state tax. But if you're in another state listening to this, like Illinois, and you do a capital gains, you might pay zero federal tax, but you might be stuck with state tax. So you can't, you can't fall victim to that. Yeah. Like the example, a married couple filing jointly that let's say they have, they're in retirement, they have $20,000 of ordinary income and $50,000 of capital gains. Uh, if mm-hmm. they use the right strategy, work with you, they'll have zero in federal tax liability. They'll have no tax right. liability on 
So that's like, wow, that's amazing. However, if they live in certain states, like let's say, let's use Illinois, for example, they could expect to pay $3,240 in state taxes. So therein lies the reason that people move to Florida. Uh, Number one, obviously, to be nearer to you, Dan. Uh, A lot of folks are moving down there for that. Um, And (laughs) your lovely singing voice, whatever. Um, good looks and charm. <laughs> sure. Uh, but uh, you've seen the video. They say huh? the weather, but every time I'm down there, it's always raining too. So uh, I don't know if it's the weather and it's very hot in the summer, but one of the big things why people retire, it is warmer seasonally and no state taxes, right? That's it. Yeah. You know, and, and that's really, and that works to people's advantage when they have gains because yeah. they don't have to pay the state tax, which it's tough to avoid when you live in a state that taxes capital yeah. gains differently. But I don't think fed. South Dakota has state taxes either, and I don't see that as a big retiring mecca. <laughs> so maybe it is more to do with you and the weather, Dan. Hey, uh, I'm going to stick with that. I'm going with that, Tony. <laughs> Although South, I was just in South Dakota. I loved it, so I'm not going to knock it. Well, you, were, you weren't there during the, during the winter. <laughs> let's just, let's just put you're it right. that way. You, you have to be strategic about it. You can't just sell it because you think, oh, I can sell this and, and not worry about state uh, federal income tax. I live in Florida and don't worry state. There's a couple of other things you need to worry about. And this is very, very, very relevant to retirees. So I have a lot of people that like to retire. I like to get people to retire sooner than later. And they'll retire in their early 60s, say. And then we start talking about Social Security. And we say, well, let's turn on social security later. Let's delay it for you or your spouse. Let's be strategic about it. So we go through that process and then they say, well, I'm short on income. Where do we take it from? And, and so this is a perfect opportunity to start looking at strategically taking capital gains because your income is lower than it will be later when you turn on social security. And a lot of people go to their IRA to take it, but why not take some capital gains because your tax bracket's so low that you're going to have zero taxes as you wait to turn Social Security on. Once you turn Social Security on, they do tax Social Security, meaning the IRS will take part of your Social Security payments if you have certain income thresholds. So you have to be careful that, hey, I'm, I'm taking capital gains, I'm only paying 0% or 15% on capital gains, but you're raising your overall tax bracket, and now all of a sudden, more of your Social Security is being taxed. So you can't just do this in isolation. You have to think about all of your income. It's not a straight line answer. You have to look at it and say, wow, I could do that and save money on capital gains tax rate versus ordinary income. But look at what happens to my social security tax. All of a sudden, more of my social security benefits is being taxed. So maybe it doesn't make sense. Maybe I'll only do half of the capital gains I was going to do. So it's, it's not an easy calculation to do. It seems easy. But you have to be more strategic about it and particularly useful for those that are very new in retirement, which is where I focus. So that's why we're talking about it today. And before we go, Tony, I want to talk about something else. Irma. Remember the uh, Hurricane Irma? I've seen pictures. Sure. I'm not talking about Hurricane Irma. I'm talking about (laughs) I-R-M-A-A. Irma is, it doesn't stand for Hurricane Irma. It stands for Income-Related monthly adjustment amount. It's Medicare. So we all pay Medicare taxes. And then when you go on Medicare, you pay for your part B premium and you pay for your part D drug premium. If you have high income, they will increase your 
Medicare tax, your, your, your payments that you have. So your part B won't be the hundred, you know, the, uh, 144 a month. It might be 250 or, or 400 a month. It depends on your income. So when people are making these last minute moves, meaning they're making moves based on their income, uh, capital gains tax, you know, doing all these things and they're on Medicare, they're going to have to worry about whether or not that's going to bump them into a higher IRMA or income related monthly adjustment amount. So it's not, you got to be careful with this stuff. It's not something to take lightly, bring in the CPA, bring, make sure your financial advisor is looking at the tax implications. And by the way, uh, it IRMA or the, the, the extra you pay on Medicare isn't based on that year. It's based on the two years prior. So you might say, Oh, I'm not on Medicare yet. I'm only 63. Well, the moves you make tax wise now and income wise now are going to be what determines your Medicare premium when you're 65, two years later. So it's very important that people are aware of these things and take it, um, take it carefully. But the bottom line is Tony, if you do it right and you're in those brackets and you're very strategic about it, you can get away with paying zero tax on capital gains. Wow. And see, that that's a great goal. And I think that's awesome. And you've kind of gone over some strategies to help people do that, but you need a plan in place. And it varies from person to person, depending on your situation, what your capital gains are, what your income is. So you need to sit down with someone like yourself, Dan, go over it, get a plan. How do our listeners do that? Yeah. And this is particularly useful for those that are in the higher tax bracket cutoffs. So people, I mean, obviously this only applies to people who have capital gains. If you don't have capital gains, you don't have to worry about it. But if you have capital gains and you're on that threshold where you might bump up to the next tax bracket, you got you to gotta really do the math. You got to do the math. And we have software for it. So it's not like, you know, you're expected to just get a pen and paper out and figure it out. This is part of financial planning, one-on-one really. It's tax planning. And we do that. Well, we'll do that um, with all of our clients that are in, that it's relevant for. The number to call is 888-508-5935 or just go to dolphinfinancialgroup.com. All right, and listeners, that does it for today's episode of Dolphin Financial Radio with our host, Dan Lynn. The topics on this show are wide-ranging, yet relevant to people approaching or living in retirement, like me. If there is a topic you want to hear on the show, head to dolphinfinancialgroup.com and contact Dan to request your topic or to share your opinion. Dan Lundell or Dolphin Financial Group are not affiliated or endorsed by Social Security or any government agency. Everything discussed on today's show was for informational purpose only. Since everyone's situation is different, some things may not apply to you. The materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources. We cannot be 100% certain that they are accurate. You should really talk to my dad or someone from Delphine Financial Group before trying to implement these ideas or strategies.